Will you pray with me this morning? Good and gracious God, we come before your presence. We ask that you would speak to us uh, this day through your word. Amen. <clears throat> Have you ever had this thought or this feeling uh, that said, if only I had X, all my troubles would be gone away. Or if only I had this one thing in my life, my life would be so much better. Right? Like, or sometimes when you've seen something uh, on a social media post or something like that, and you see those perfect kids, all, uh, all of them are really well-dressed. They speak five languages. Both parents work two full-time jobs. You've seen those pictures. Come on, church, right? Or if you're single, you know, and you see that perfect boyfriend, girlfriend, and they're looking at each other in love, and you say, oh, if only... I had this, right? You've been there, right? We've all been there, right? We've all been there. And I want to show you um, of a promo video uh, that was shot of our family. Uh, it's going to be up on the screen in a minute. Um, one of my friends works with uh, clergy uh, families uh, and uh, does a lot of work with them. And she asked us to say, hey, I'd like to do a little promo video for uh, our ministry. Would you be interested in it? And I said, yes. So here's the video. Like, I really am. You know, they all look so loving and kind. They're all doing a puzzle together. So this is what we call fake news. <laughs> all right. This took about two hours. <laughs> two kids were in timeout. <laughs> a fist fight broke out. <laughs> and at one point, <laughs> one of my kids that shall not be named actually threw a puzzle piece at my friend who had the video camera on her. And my favorite part about this whole thing, my favorite part about this whole thing is my friend saying to one of my kids, if you want to be in the picture, you don't have to smile, but you can't look angry. <laughs> right? That, that, but that is what it is, you know? Sometimes we are so caught up in looking at somebody else's life and looking and seeing and hoping that that would be our reality. That is where we are sometimes. And that, but the thing is, we have no clue what that other person is going through. We have no clue of the challenges this other people are facing. That we are kind of hoping that we can borrow their life. We don't know that. We don't know that. This morning, I want to share with you about two individuals' life that could be not be different from each other. They are so vastly different. At one point, if I would allow you, they would have loved to switch their places with each other because the other looked a little prettier than the other one. So that, that's what I want to focus on, on those aspects of it. And as you leave from this place, in response to God's word, I would like you to do something. 
for me this morning. I would like us not to compare ourselves with somebody else, but rather I would like us to reach out to Jesus and say, God, please heal me. Whatever that is you are feeling the need right now, whatever that need is, Christ is able to fulfill that. That is my prayer as you leave this place. So before we jump into those two characters of the story, I want to kind of share with you what is happening prior to this. Starting on Ash Wednesday, there's been a theme that shifted for us. Uh, the theme that has shifted for us is Jesus turned his eyes towards Jerusalem. And we know what Jerusalem is all about. Over the past several weeks, we've been kind of focusing on that narrative that's saying that Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem. Jesus is walking towards Jerusalem. So in Luke chapter 18, Jesus kind of brings the disciples away from everybody else. And he tells them that he's going towards Jerusalem. That the scriptures of the Old Testament need to be fulfilled. And that's the reason he's heading over to Jerusalem. Friends, as Christians, when we read our gospel stories, we can never read them in isolation. We always have to read them in the context of what was happening in the Old Testament. See, we go back all the way to the book of Genesis, the, the first book. In chapter 3 of Genesis, we read that Adam and Eve fell, that they sinned. They fell to the temptations that the serpent was giving them. And that's what we call the original sin. And when they sinned, the relationship between God and humanity was broken. And because the, that relationship was broken, the only way it could be restored is if Christ died on the cross. On Wednesdays, um, Pastor Cindy puts out a, a midweek meditation. And this past week, she had said that God is holy. And because God is so holy, anything that has to do with sin cannot abide in God's presence. And the only way, the only way God and humans could be together is through the sacrifice of Jesus. So Jesus is telling the disciples this. In verse 32, this is what we read. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. Jesus is talking about himself here. He'll be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him. They will insult him and spit on him. Here, Jesus is actually referencing a scripture that comes to us from Isaiah chapter 53. It is about the lamb that will be slain. The lamb that will be slain so that you and I can be in relationship with God Almighty. And after this lamb is slain, there is a promise that comes to us from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Here Jesus is saying when he reigns, there is going to be justice and righteousness. There is going to be equity for all. That is the promise that Jesus is talking about. And those scriptures of the Old Testament are being fulfilled as Jesus walks towards Jerusalem. So Jesus is walking towards Jerusalem with his disciples. And he has to go through the town of Jericho. We've been talking about a lot about Jericho lately. 
So here he is, walking into the town of Jericho. He is all the way on the outskirts of Jericho, where there is a blind man that is sitting there. This blind beggar is living on the generosity of those around him. Actually, using the word generosity is a generous term. See, this beggar, the way he lived, is he lived on the leftovers of others. You all know that we have chickens in, on our kitchen counter. Uh, we have a little bin, a plastic bin, where you know if a kid doesn't finish their sandwich, we usually throw it in there. Like, you know, we collect all the scraps over, and then I take them every day and feed them to the chickens. See, this guy that we're talking about, he lived on those scraps. He lived on that which people didn't want to finish eating. That's what he lived on. That was his state. That was his economic state. That was his status. He was a nobody. This guy was a nobody. And I love this blind man and the way he sees Jesus. See, when Jesus is walking down into Jericho and people are following him, he says, who's this guy that's coming through? What's all this noise about? And the crowd says, this is Jesus of Nazareth. That's true. Jesus was from Nazareth. And these disciples are following him and walking with him. But this blind guy sees something different. This is what he screams. Son of David. The blind man screams out and says, Son of David. See, the blind man was able to see that this Jesus was actually the Savior who's going to restore that relationship between God and human beings. He is going to be, he's going to reign on David's throne. He saw Jesus as the one who's going to establish his kingdom with righteousness and justice. This blind man saw that. Amen. See, and there were a bunch of people, and he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And these people who are walking with him, with Jesus, ahead of him, he's sitting all by himself there, and he's saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd tells him to shut up. The crowd says, be quiet. Don't disturb Jesus of Nazareth. And here's where I want you to focus on. Who is the crowd that is there? Right? In the disciples are always with Jesus, and there's always a crowd that's following Jesus. These are actually disciples of Jesus. They actually followed him, not just the 12, a bunch of other people followed and walked with Jesus so that they could learn and see what Jesus was doing. I mean, in the Gospels, you read about this crowd that's always following Jesus. See, this crowd, right, they're not the Pharisees. This crowd is not the Pharisees or the Sadducees. They are out of town. They're walking into Jericho. The small crowd that is there, they're actually followers of Jesus. And they're the ones who are telling him to shut up. It's not those who oppose Jesus. You hear those voices telling him to shut up. Verse 39, they rebuked him. They rebuked him. And this blind man screams even louder, Son of David, have mercy 
on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus encounters him. Jesus meets him at his point of need. And he heals him. Friends, this morning I want to ask you, are there voices that you are hearing that are telling you to just stop reaching out to Jesus? Because there is no point doing that. Are there people in your life that are saying, you know what, why don't you just give up? Because it's not worth it. Do you feel like you are living on the margins and feeling completely ignored? Friends, if that's you, I want you to do what this blind man did, scream even louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus will reach out to you and provide for you what you need. The second story, uh, the second character that we're looking at is a guy named Zacchaeus. See, the crowd is now actually in Jericho, in the town of Jericho. And a lot of people are kind of gathering around from the town of Jericho. They're coming to him to see what Jesus was about to do and say. And this guy, the Zacchaeus, is uh, described as a short man. And he was a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. That means he was a wealthy man. A little thing about tax collector is like everybody hated the tax collectors. He was doubly hated. He was hated by his own people and he was hated by the Romans as well. See, tax collector were these middlemen who actually went and got taxes from the Jewish people. And then they paid the Roman government, Pax Romana, that's what that is. And they paid the Roman government and they kept a portion for themselves. See, Zacchaeus would go into a house and say, hey, you owe $50 in taxes. I mean, no common Jew would know if that was the right amount or not. There was no H&R block next door. Right? It was his work against nobody else's work. And they had to pay those taxes. And they hated him for that. And the reasons the Romans hated the tax collectors is they could not understand or comprehend how somebody who calls himself an Israelite would actually exploit his own brothers and sisters. He was looting people is what Zacchaeus was doing. He was oppressing people. See, I think I can see over the years Zacchaeus becoming a bitter person when you're hated that much by everybody around you. He could say to himself, I don't just don't care because I have a lot of money. This is who Zacchaeus was. He was hated and he was rich and he wants to have an encounter with Jesus. He wants to have an encounter with Jesus and he's trying to come forward and just imagine this, a crowd that is three or four deep and you couldn't see over anybody. And so Zacchaeus decides to go ahead of the crowd and climb a tree. See, Zacchaeus, a man of wealth, a man of position, he was the chief tax collector. That means he was a man of status and he didn't care about anything. He didn't care about his wealth, his position in society. And he went and he climbs the tree because there was a need that he knew can only be met by Jesus. 
And as Jesus is walking by, Jesus stops and sees Zacchaeus. And he has an encounter with Jesus. Friends, this morning I want to ask you, where do you find yourself? Do you feel forgotten and unseen? Or do you feel hated by everybody? Or there is a need in your heart that you feel like it can only be met by Jesus? Friends, this morning I want to invite you. I want to invite you to cry out to Jesus. I invite you to pray before Jesus, whatever that need is, because Jesus is there to care for you, to heal you, and to hang out with you. And that's exactly what Zacchaeus, Jesus did with Zacchaeus. It doesn't matter who you are. Jesus wants to hang out with you. Jesus wants to heal you. Let us pray. God, we come before you today. Knowing that you are there to meet our needs, to heal us, and to be with us. To break bread with us. God, give us the courage and the strength to reach out to you. In your name we pray. Amen.